Welcome to the Hidden Palace with Skyblaze. Good morning, afternoon, evening or night wherever you are in the world. I am Skyblaze and this is the Hidden Palace here on Radio Sega. On a Sunday, because my brain decided to try and take a break for freedom yesterday, so I couldn't run the show because I couldn't see because that's what migraines do tend to do to me. It's very annoying. Uh, thank you to everybody who sent uh, well wishes. Um, it's very much appreciated. I did feel like I did feel terrible yesterday about letting you guys down. So I hope I can make up for it today. Uh, on the topic for today, it was suggested by Frost Gamer. So I'm going to be taking a look at video games that are based on TV shows. And this week I'll be looking at live-action shows, and the second half we'll be looking at animated shows, and hopefully that will be next week. So I'm starting off with a look at a show called VR Troopers, and the game that it was based on it. Um, a lot of you will probably know VR Troopers was a uh, similar to Power Rangers in that it was a based on a tokusatsu show. If I remember correctly, it was actually based on two different Japanese tokusatsu shows that were kind of haphazardly glued together. Um, the game was released in 1995 and was developed by Cyrox Development and published by Sega. It sees you playing as one of the three title characters, Ryan Steele, JB Reese, and Caitlin Starr, who have been drawn into a VR game by the bad guy. <clears throat> And the only means of escape is to beat all of the Grimlord's monsters. Yeah, the bad guy is called Grimlord. The 90s, ladies and gentlemen. And others. It's a simple one-on-one -on -one fighting game for the most part, where you have a choice between story, versus, and CPU modes, where you can either play through the story, face a friend, or fight against a computer opponent. Looking through the options, you can see this game was tailor-made for a fairly young audience, when one of the difficulty modes is in fact called Kids, although it does then go up through Easy, Moderate, Hard, and finally the Manic mode. Uh, who have we got in the chat so far? Uh, we've got Resident SD, we've got Frost who suggested today's topic, Callum, Nicholas Aman, my husband Grayfall, uh, Twinny is here as well. Uh, Aquadan. I think you're a, a fairly new person, aren't you, Aquadan? Hello, welcome. Uh, Frost Triple Weekend. Get your jokes out now, guys. Yeah, I think, um, Frost was actually involved in suggesting some of the, um, topics for something earlier this week. Was it? Was it Pick and Mix? I can't remember. Yesterday has entirely reset my brain, so yeah, I, my brain is not exactly firing on all thrusters today. Oh, Electric Boogaloo's here as well. Good, because you've got a request later on in the show. So let's do some music, shall we? Oh, Multiclass Geeks here. Hello! Um... So, let's have something from the VR Troopers game. Uh, so we've got Zicta Skyline up first, and then from Cyber Troopers Virtual On, we've got Crystal Doom. So enjoy those guys, and I will speak to you after the music break.
that was Cyber Troopers Virtual On, Crystal Doom. And before that we had VR Troopers, Zikta Skyline. Um, yeah, Virtual On very deliberately chosen because not only does it have Virtual in the name, it also is Cyber Troopers. I am brilliant. Okay, that's a lie. <laughs> Uh, Multiclass Geek was saying that they sound both tracks sounded a bit like the Immortal remix of the Immortal Kombat movie theme. Uh, I think that's the the electronic drum sounds that were used. Uh, it was used a lot in um, late '90s um, soundtracks and uh, electronic music. That kind of uh, bass kick, electronic bass kick sound. So that's probably why. Uh, also, it turns out Frost Gamer has been. Uh, suggesting things not only for this show but also late in live and pick and mix. So they have been a very uh, busy bee this week, apparently. Uh, Frost, I am brilliant and modest. Yes, yes, I am. I, I have many virtues. Those two are not some of them. <laughs> so let's talk. Uh, let's go back to talking about Cyber Troopers then. Uh, the game was brought out on two different consoles, the Mega Drive and the Game Gear. Oddly enough, not the Master System as far as I've been able to find. Uh, both play pretty much the same and look similar-ish, taking into account the Game Gear's limitations. However, the Game Gear loses the Versus mode and the CPU mode is re replaced by Battle mode, where you go through an arcade mode. One interesting feature this game gives you through the story mode is after each monster you defeat you then have a bonus round where you have to fight against some of the show's generic baddies called Skugs. Like the putties from uh, from Power Rangers, I guess. I did see some of VR Troopers in the 90s, but I don't, I don't really remember it that much. Uh, I remember... Wasn't that show I had the buddy that was voiced by Tim Curry, or am I completely misremembering that? Um, but yeah, uh, if it wasn't Tim Curry, I think it was somebody who sounded kind of like him. But uh, I, I don't remember being all that enthralled by it, to be honest. Ah, what did where was I going? Uh, yeah, we fight the Skugs and you get bonus points depending on how many you manage to take down. Although due to limitations of the Game Gear, you have to face them one at a time. Whereas on the Mega Drive, you can go through two, of, two to three of them at once. Oh, Sega's sleepy and has to go to bed soon. Oh. Electro Piggle is saying Tim Curry's on Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. I, uh, I don't know if I ever saw that. I, I guess I must have done if I'm conflating the two. Um, <laughs> Aquadon saying, uh, is Tim Curry still alive? Yes, as far as I know, yes he is. And Aquadon's also saying, am I off my rocker? And Electric Boogaloo saying yes. <laughs> This is the kind of quality content we get in our Discord server, everyone. You should all join. Uh, Electrical has helpfully put up a Wikipedia page on Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. Uh, produced by Super Europe Productions and DIC. Okay, fair enough. So yeah, I've I've probably I've apparently conflated two shows, two Tokusatsu-ish shows. Um, oh well, never mind. Moving on then. So uh, as far as I know, this is the only request we've got this week. Uh, this one came from Electric Boogaloo, and we've got from WWF Raw Royal Rumble results, and then after that we're gonna have from Virtual Racing Deluxe the ending theme. So enjoy those, and I will speak to you guys again after the break.
we are back. And that was Virtual Racing Deluxe ending theme. And before that we had WWF Raw Royal Rumble results, which was requested by Electric Boogaloo. Um, for some reason, Twinny is grilling Electric Boogaloo about why they requested that track. Um, Electric Boogaloo is saying that the game itself is kind of... Um, but we accept all forms of nerdery in this house. Even wrestling nerdery, even though I don't understand it. Uh, a lot of my friends are huge wrestling nerds, but it's never something I've managed to get into. Um, I have seen like bits and pieces of clips. Uh, some of which are interesting. And it's interesting that... Um, Electric Bull is saying WDFRO is also developed by Sculptured Software and published by Acclaim. Speaking of Sculptured Software, I'm gonna talk, now talk about a sci-fi show that has a bit of a troubled history. Those of you who are old gits like me might remember a show that was called Sequest DSV. The show follows the crew of the Sea Quest, which is a naval submarine which traverses the sea floor, aiding underwater settlements and aiding in research into the world's resources because they were all used up and only a small amount of resources are available, most of which can be found on the ocean floor. Sequest was kind of endearing. I didn't watch a lot of it, but I did see some of it, and um, it was trying really hard to be like socially conscious and fairly like serious sci-fi but it had the budget of about a third of a shoestring but they tried so hard they they really did it was adorable um and i i wanted to put them in a box because they were so cute because uh, they tr they just tried so hard, but the walls were like really blatantly cardboard. It was it was brilliant in that way that you know Blake Seven was brilliant. And Frost Gamer was just pointing out that the show had CGI done on an Amiga. Uh, the Amiga Video Toaster. This was quite common up until like the early two thousands. The first couple of seasons of Babylon Five actually had their their CGI done on uh, a Amiga Video Toaster until they got upgrades later on. Uh, back on topic, Skyblaze, for God's sake, don't start talking about microcomputers, you will be here until the end of time. <laughs> back on topic. The game for Sequest DSV was released in 1994, with development being handled by the aforementioned Sculptured Software and being published by Malibu in North America and THQ in Europe. You start the game piloting the Sequest, I'm going to loop my talk bag because I've just been talking nonsense, so I'm going to run out. Uh, you pilot the, the Sequest exploring the seafloor, firing torpedoes at enemy ships, which will gain money as you destroy them, locating missions, be they other settlements, shipwrecks, or near underwater caves. Once you are positioned close enough to a wreck or cave, you can then send in one of six smaller autonomous vehicles to explore them, be it for resources or survivors, and the gameplay changes from an isometric top-down view to a side-scrolling view. As you explore the side-scrolling view, you'll have just as many enemies to deal with, and you'll have the ability to send other vehicles in if you, if you return to the uh, boy located at the start of the level. Each vehicle will have their use for each mission, and if it is destroyed, you'll have to purchase another with the money you gain from destroying those enemy ships. When you get hit, a very large and clear percentage amount will show, detailing how low your hull integrity is. As you might expect, when this hits zero, your vehicle gets destroyed, and if the sequest itself drops to zero, it is in fact game over. After each mission completes, you'll get the results screen detailing how well you've done and showing your current finances. You'll also get a password which can input the start of the game to continue where you left off. Because this was the late 90s and apparently battery backup was too hard, or probably too expensive because this, as I said, most of this franchise didn't exactly have the most massive budget in the world. Um, Electro Puggle is saying that there is in fact a Blu-ray of Sequest. Wow. I didn't know they'd released it on Blu-ray. I wonder if they've actually like remastered it or if it's just a um, 
a print of the uh, the TV quality files. It'd be nice if it's been at least a little bit remastered. Uh, Veritex saying that they like the show and the first season, but the first season was a bit lame, but then it got better, and he liked the last season the best. Yeah, the last season, if I remember correctly, was a bit a bit different. They they retooled it a bit. I mean, man, it's been it's been a long time since I've seen this show. Um, Electric Boogaloo saying it's been remastered. Oh, excellent! That's good to know. Maybe I'll get. I don't know. Maybe I'll get that. It'd be interesting to to watch it again. Um, mostly for a, a nostalgia thing. Um, but yeah, Sequest DSV was quite endearing. Um, and I, I kind of liked it, but it did have its flaws. <laughs> uh, if you do get the chance to have a, to check it out, you should probably do so just for, for curiosity, because it is such a typical example of that late 90s um, sci-fi stuff. I mean, it didn't get the, the same kind of following as a lot of other shows um, of that period did, but still worth checking out. Let's have some music then. Uh, one thing that I did find was when I tried to look for music for this, the only version of the soundtrack I could find was the SNES version. Still done by Sculptured Software though, so I assume that when the we're taking account into, into taking into account the technical differences between the Mega Drive and the SNES, the soundtracks are probably going to be similar-ish because I could not, for the life of me, find the Mega Drive version, and believe me, I tried. Right. So, let's have from Sequest DSV, Aboard the Sequest, and then after that we're going to have an Echo the Dolphin remix, so I've got Random Encounter, Medusa's Vents. So, enjoy that, and I'll speak to you guys after the break. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7. 
we are back. And that was a Random Encounter, Medusa's Vents, uh, which is an OC, uh, a remix of an Echo track. I think it's from the Soundwaves um, Echo Tribute album, if I remember correctly. The thing I like about that track is that it sounds simultaneously like a, a Yes track and a Peter Gabriel era Genesis. Because it starts off with this like very, very Steve Howe sounding guitar and then goes straight into a drum line that's taken directly from Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. I am not saying these are bad things, quite the contrary. That's why I love it so very much. Um, I'd love to know if Random Encounter are actually the massive prog rock fans that I strongly suspect they are. Um, but I should probably move on. Because uh, before that we had from Sequest DSV, Aboard the Sequest. And yeah, the music from that uh, Sequest soundtrack, uh, the version I'll be able to find anyway, it sounds very much like the music that we used in the reboot animated TV show. Um, just saying. Lastly, we're leaving the sea and go shooting for the stars with Star Trek for the Next Generation Echoes from the Past. Released in 1994, it was developed by Spectrum Holobyte, that's one hell of a name, and published by Sega. You play as the crew of the USS Enterprise D as they investigate the disappearance of a Romulan vessel that was patrolling near the neutral zone. This will make sense to you if you've watched any Star Trek. If you have not, you will probably be going, huh? Gameplay takes place across three different locations, bridge, combat and away team. On the bridge, you can speak with the crew and get information on the mission at hand, as well as their opinions on the situation. You also have access to the ship's computer as well, which gives you further information on the task, as well as the, being able to initiate away missions and navigate to other areas. Should you find yourself being attacked by another ship, the red alert will go off and you'll want to access the tactical menu. From here your view changes to a top-down view of the Enterprise and any enemies and you'll have to move around and defend yourself. Pushing around the screen you'll see an image of the ship showing and damage towards your shields and the ship itself as well as energy levels of your weapons and the health of your opponents. Um, so I'm going to play some music from Star Trek Echoes from the Past uh, as well as uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine The Crossroads of Time. Uh, I used, I found like the best tracks I could from these, but a lot of the soundtracks for this are not that brilliant. They're kind of like generic and it's clear that they've just been kind of churned out. Uh, from Echoes from the Past, even the version of the theme that's in there is not that impressive. Uh, I grant you that Mega Drive hardware is not exactly suited to producing orchestral, massive orchestral themes like the like Star Trek Next Generation theme. But I'm fairly sure they could have done a better job than that. Uh, Frost is saying, from what I've played, it's pretty good, but the space battles are difficult and I've never got very far. Star Trek games seem to be either... Um, they kind of seem to run the, the whole spectrum. I've seen some really, really good Star Trek games. Uh, recently, Star Trek Bridge Crew, the VR title, that's very, very good. And I remember playing a game back when I was still living with, uh, when I was still a student actually, I was living with some friends, and we played a Star Trek um, real-time strategy game that was basically uh, StarCraft with a Star Trek kind of overlay pasted on it. It was really hilariously obvious, we, we were mocking it quite thoroughly, it's still quite fun though. Um, but despite the fact that I'm a, a big Star Trek fan, I've not played that many Star Trek video games. Um, mostly because I am very wary about licensed games. Um, I know there are some good ones out there. Um, Electric Bugle is saying Star Trek pinball, pinball games are almost always good. Yes, the, the TNG pinball machine was absolutely brilliant. Um, it was in a, an arcade that I used to frequent when I was on holiday in Cornwall, I think? Gosh, that was a while ago. Ugh, I'm old. Right, let's have some music before I make myself depressed. So, Star Trek Echoes from the Past, Derelict Vessel, 
And then after that, we're going to have Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Crossroads of Time, track 14. I don't actually know what the track is called. It's just listed as track 14. So enjoy those, and I'll speak to you guys again after the break to talk a bit more about Star Trek Echoes from the Past. Enjoy! Live shows and the chance to request your favorites. This is RadioSega.net.
And we are back. And that was Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Crossroads of Time, track 14. And then before that, Star Trek The Next Generation, Echoes from the Past, Derelict Vessel. Um, Frostgame has been saying about the Star Trek game Trexels, which is an, an app, um, a mobile app, um, which is apparently a fairly decent mobile game. Um, but I don't really play mobile games. Mostly because I have, like, a lot of consoles and a gaming laptop and several handheld devices, so it's very difficult to find time and justify to myself playing uh, a mobile game when I've got so, so many other things that uh, demand my attention. And Frostgame is also saying, having to share TV time with my mother, with my brother as a kid, maybe fall in love with handheld gaming. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I was an only child. In fact, um, when my parents upgraded the the TV in the living room, I got the old one in my bedroom, and my dad made me a custom uh, switch, so I could, uh, so I had, I had like. Uh, my NES, my Mega Drive, and my SNES hooked up, and it would ju I could just turn the power on, and the TV and the Switch would know which one was powered on, so it would automatically jump to the right channel. Because my dad's an electronics engineer, so he made that for me. I was a bit of a spoiled kid, I'm not going to lie. I did have a, a Game Boy as well, but I didn't see that very much after my dad discovered Tetris. So yeah. There we go. So back to the topic at hand. Uh, from Echoes of the Past we've got away missions. Uh, once you've approached a habitable planet you can select four crew members to take down to the planet with you. Your choices include many of the main characters such as Picard, Riker, Worf, Data and so on and so forth. But you also have a selection of meat shields, I mean expendables, I mean red shirts. Security personnel, yes. Them. <laughs> Each crew member will have varying levels of skill in the four stats, technical, tactical, health and strength. One interesting fact I found out is that the game didn't get a European release, as producing the game wasn't considered value for money, as the cart had a battery backup leading to it uh, cost £60, it, so it would have cost £60 had it been released in the UK, and for some reason they didn't think that we'd seen the show because they thought it was mostly broadcast over satellite and cable. Which was not true, because it was broadcast on BBC Two. I mean, we would have been a bit behind, but it was still being broadcast. Um, so I don't know what was going on there. Did not do the research, probably. Uh, I did watch it on satellite, but on Sky One. Um, but... My dad is a TV addict, so... Eh. So, I, I did have to fight him for the remote. Sometimes. Like, no, I'm watching Star Trek. Click. <laughs> oh, Veritex has put up uh, a picture of a red shirt being killed. That's that's the original series, though, not the next gen. The, the post-security people did not die as often in next gen as they did in the original. Electroboglyph for some reason has put up a picture of one of the BBC Two idents, the the old ones, um, I think from that kind of era. Uh, so that's that's a bit nostalgic. Although I associate those more with Red Dwarf for some reason, probably because I did watch um, Star Trek on satellite. Oh well. Gonna turn uh, turn up the uh, the the kind of. I've ramp it up a bit for the music now, so um, I'm going to have from uh, a remixer called Cliff Chan, uh, Do They Headbang in Algo from the Fantasy Star Suite, and then from Sonic Generations, Stardust Speedway, Sonic CD US. Enjoy!
And we are back. And that was Sonic Generation Stardust Speedway, Sonic CD US. And uh, Cliff Cham do their headbang in Algo from Fantasy Star to Sweet. Um, Callum suggests, because I, I have this uh, gif that I play whenever I'm playing it like a fast paced kind of dancey track, which is this tiny kind of blob that looks kind of like a cat uh, holding two glow sticks and dancing really quickly. And I refer to it as the kitty blob. And I love the kitty blob. Uh, and um, all everybody in the in the Discord chat has also fallen in love with the kitty blob. And Callum's just said, "Can kitty blob host an episode of Hidden Palace?" <laughs> to which Doan said, uh, "Kitty blob hosting Hidden Palace would just be Skyblaze using a squeaky voice." Which I can do that because uh, I used to host a. Um, uh, a tabletop role-playing game and there were these characters called Glittons who were tiny little glittery cats and I had a voice for them which was me basically me doing a squeaky voice so maybe I'll do that at some point it'd be funny maybe for uh, 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 April Fool's Day or something yes uh, Frost saying we all love the kitty blob kitty blob is amazing I wonder if I can bribe um, Feniku my, my art person into integrating kitty blob into my logo somehow uh, I'm actually asking her to do a t-shirt design, so I might ask if she can, like, uh, instead of uh, one hand holding an emerald and the other hand holding the kitty blob, maybe. I don't know. I'll ask her nicely and see what she says. <laughs> uh, right, Chipchun Corner then. Uh, this week's Chipchun Corner will be looking at David Whittaker. Um, a composer primarily known for his work producing music for the Commodore 64 and Commodore Amiga, as well as the Amstrad CPC and others. He's best known to Sega fans for his work on the soundtracks for Enduro Racer and Alien Syndrome. His work became a fairly popular target for music game remixes, and Subtune 21 from the game Lazy Jones became the basis of a dance track by Zombie Nation, which actually became a minor hit. Um, while he does still work in computer sound, these days he's turned his focus to things like ambient soundscapes, sound effects and dialogue, and usually goes online by the name Dialogue Guru. Okay, so I'm going to play one of his tracks for you. Um, this is another one of those that's fairly popular for, for getting remixed. It's uh, Glider Rider by David Whittaker. Listen to, uh, listen to it and let me know what you think. Um, so here we go with David Whitaker and Glider Rider. Enjoy.
are back. And that was David Whitaker with Glider Rider. Uh, um, the problem with a lot of those Kohina tracks that I've got is that the they're not always um, properly edited. So it was a bit of a, a kind of blip at the end of that track. But there's too many of them for me to go through and manually edit them all. Oh well. It's still a great track though. Um, so yeah, uh, check out David Whitaker's other stuff if you are interested. Although you probably heard some of it from uh, Enduro Racer and Alien Syndrome right here, actually. Thanks to everybody for tuning in, even you buggers in the chat who have derailed me entirely with all this Kitty Blood Palace business. <laughs> uh, I apologise for the, uh, the delayed show, um, but thank you everybody who's uh, showed up here on a Sunday. Special thanks to Frost Gamer for suggesting today's show topic, which will also expand into next week as I'll be covering tie-ins for animated shows. As always, if you have an idea for a topic, you can contact me on Twitter, where I am at Blazing Skies. You can reach me through the Radio Sega Discord, where I am at Skyblaze. Oh dear God, I've just noticed that uh, Callum's changed his nose, uh, name to number one Kitty Blob fan. And my train of thought is derailed again. Right, where was I? So, <laughs> you can find me on the Radio Sega... <laughs> you can find me on the Radio Sega Discord, where I am at Skyblaze. Or you can contact me through the Radio Sega, Twitter, or Facebook pages. <laughs> I've been Skyblaze and this has been The Hidden Palace here on Radio Sega. One last track to finish off. Uh, from Sonic Colours we've got Starlight Carnival Act 2. Take care everybody. Good night. Enjoyed the show? 
Check out the full Radio Sega live schedule at radiose.ga forward slash shows. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7.